could sing. I could sing over and over. I love you. Never grows old. How could I tell you enough that I love you? I love you, Lord. I could sing we're here because we love you no other reason but because you are worthy only you are worthy of our praise
the king of my heart be the mountain where I run the fountain I drink from oh he is my song let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide the ransom for my life oh he is my song you are good you're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh, he is my song. You are good, you're good, oh.
You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me. You are good. You are good. You're good. Oh, 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 you're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. you down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let Let's do your good one more time. You're good. You are so good. You're so good to us, Lord Jesus. No matter our circumstances, you are good. You are good. That always remains true. And we praise you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Don't go anywhere. Mm. Just, just keep playing for a second. Just keep playing for a second. I feel like there's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff right now, and it makes it hard to praise. It makes it hard to give glory to God when, when all you're looking at is, is hard circumstances. But I, I just felt while we were singing that, 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 that chains and walls were breaking around you. Things in the spirit were falling around you, and you're not going to be contained any longer. You're going to be so free and able to praise, and so free and able to give and what God wants to do and how he wants to do it. So I just want to go back into that moment just for a little while longer because I feel like there's still some walls falling down. There's still some walls falling down. There's walls of fear. There's walls of cynicism, walls of doubt, walls of where am I going to work? How am I going to work? What's going to happen? Where is this all going to go? What's happening in our country? You're never going to let us down. Come on. 
He's not going to let you down. He never did before, and he won't do it now. Come on. As the voices get louder, the walls start falling. Come on. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're dancing on those circumstances right now. Oh, they're underneath your feet in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. He is good. but our king is still on his throne. He didn't fall off of his throne today. Oh, he didn't fall off of his throne today. <laughs> He's still on his throne. He's still calling the shots. Come on, somebody. Just gives me such confidence to know that in the middle of when things get tough, God is still God. He's still good. He's still moving. He still loves us. Come on, somebody. Can we lift up a shout for Jesus this morning? He is good. He is good. Well, welcome to church, everybody. How's everybody doing today? All right, give somebody a high five. Tell them they're amazing. Oh, my gosh, you look good today. So, so good. Our God is good. Amen. 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 Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Woo. So, so good. Thank you, brother. You're awesome. You're awesome. Well, welcome. I'm Pastor Justin, and my beautiful bride and I are the lead pastors here. We love being able to love on people here in French Valley and all over the world for the people who are watching online. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Shout something in the chat if you're watching from somewhere else. Let us know where, where you're watching from, what kind of pajamas you're wearing, what you're eating for breakfast, all that fun stuff. I love being able to worship from your couch, right? Your, your, your living room has become a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. Amen. 
Amen. So I want to just continue in our tithes and offerings this morning and, uh, and just share this, this verse with you as I was thinking about how good our God is. And in uh, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 13, it says, Our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Can anybody agree with that this morning? Oh, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. I love how good God is. Our God is so good, even in our tithes and offerings, it's, it's such a minute part of what we get to have. Like, God, isn't God so cool that he said, hey, I'm going to create this process of called tithing. I'm going to give you 90%, and I'm going to ask that you give me 10 is that amazing? I mean, I was sitting, as we were working so hard this morning setting up church, I was walking with AJ and we're, we're wheeling all this stuff in and, and I'm like, bro, thank you so much for being here with me and doing this with me. And he's like, you know, God gave me the ability to do this. He said, what, if, if I couldn't, if I would have lost my legs, if something could, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do this. So I'm just grateful to be able to do this. Amen. Is anybody grateful for the Lord this morning? Oh, let's, let's pray. I'll have our ushers come forward. And uh, just as we, as you give this morning, just know that God's good. He's got you. He's got you. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of this story um, that happened to us a long time ago. Um, I'd gotten laid off from my job. And I remember going, ah, oh, God, I'm just believing you for a new job. I'm believing for you for what's next. And uh, I remember tithing and giving $500. Now, I'll tell you, that wasn't my tithe. That was an offering because my tithe probably would have been $50. But I gave $500 just believing God that he was going to provide for my family. And I remember uh, the, the pastor's dad, he was the one who counted the money, and he saw that we had, we had put, it, put that much in there, and he, he knew that we would, I was out of work and, and that we didn't have that much to give. And, and he, said, he came up afterwards, and he's like, why did you give that much? And I said, because I'm believing God for something more. Come on, somebody. You ever believe in God for something more? Oh, I, I want to tell you, your tithes and offerings, we, we, we pay the bills, we take care of things, but I tell you what, I don't even care about that. What I care about is your heart and your spirit and where you're at, and when you learn to engage with the Lord in this area, he performs, he shows off, he, 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 he dares us, he says, try me in this, see if I won't open the windows of heaven. That was a moment for me where I said, God, I believe, and Monday morning there was a new job, come on somebody. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just got to be a little bit outlandish. Sometimes you got to make the pastor's dad look at you sideways so that he's like, what are you doing? I'm saying, I believe God at his word. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the ability to give. God, we thank you that you first provided for us. And God, that you created this thing called life. And God, we trust you. And Lord, in the middle of our circumstances, whether good or bad, God, we trust you and we love you. And God, we put honor, we honor you first. And when we honor you first, you'll honor the rest. And so God, we just thank you and give you the glory this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. If you are joining us online, um, you can join us on our interactive church. Um, if you go to livingstones.tv, there's a little button there for the interactive church. Um, there's all kinds of cool links and all that stuff's in there for you. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, I, I want to say hi to some people. I want to see who's online today. We got Dorothy Farragon in, of course, is online. The Corwins are online. Love you guys. I just love our online church. We have so many cool people on there. Uh, the Rounds are watching. Good morning, Yvonne. Love you. Um, so awesome. And uh, Carolyn McKinney. 
You are such an encourager, lady. Thank you so much. She sent me a message this last week um, talking about a, a very well-known preacher, and that preacher was saying that uh, she was uneducated. She never got a, an education. So she said, Pastor, you've got what it takes. I just wanted to make sure you got told that in case anybody hadn't told you in a while. Isn't that awesome to have good people around you? Thank you, Carolyn McKinney. Love you, girl. You're awesome. All right. If it's your first time this morning or you haven't picked up a gift yet, we have a gift for you. So make sure you see us at the, at the table back there. Fill out a little information card, and we will make sure you get a gift. And that's super fun. I love doing that. Um, where Do we have any youth in here this morning? we got some youth in here. You guys got to shout for everybody. Are you ready? they got to hear you online, all the youth that are watching online. Can you just shout really loud for the people online? Do it. Ready? One, two, three, go. That's it. There's the youth. we got youth group coming up, and, and I'm super excited about that. I, I, or do we have youth group this week? Not this week because school's starting this week. Wah, wah, wah. Poor kids. And all the parents said, amen, right now. You're like, I've been waiting for this for a year and a half. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Just take them. Just take them. Oh, it's so good. Men, we are having Fight Club this week. So um, come to Fight Club Men's Group on Thursday. Um, get on the app so you can get the information of where that's going to be, and we're going to do that. It's going to be super fun. If you haven't brought your, your stuff for the kids in Mexico and you committed to it, please do that, like, tonight because um, we are taking that down there tomorrow morning um, at about, like, 5 a.m. So uh, we're going to do that. But if you would like to be a part of our Mexican missions, we would like you to be a part, too. So if you'd like, come after church today, uh, next week. You guys are changing everything on me. All right, we're, come after church next week because we have the blood drive today. Is that why we're doing that? We're switching it up? Okay. So good. Ah, oh, so good. Well, church, it's good to be the church, ain't it? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I saw there was a lot of people watching online. I'm so glad that we have technology that we can do this. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that are sick and a lot of people getting sick all over the place. Um, and so I, I don't believe in living in fear. And so we're going to keep doing church as long as the school district will let us. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm just believing for God to work through in and through all of it. So I want to pray for the people that are at home um, that are not feeling well, that are dealing with COVID-19 and, and doing that too. Um, and while my bride comes up here, because uh, she's going to preach and bring the word today. So I'm super excited for that. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but I also want to do a special prayer for Crawford. Um, some of you know who Crawford is. He plays bass. He's a guy with a big red beard and a cowboy hat a lot of the times. Good-looking feller. Um, he actually got put on a ventilator this morning. So that's the first person in our church that's been put on a ventilator. And I'm, I'm going to believe right now that we can pray for him and watch him just get up out of that. Can we believe that together? So let's pray this morning. Father God, we just thank you that, that your hand is not short. God, that you're not so busy with everybody else that you can't take care of Crawford this morning. And so, Lord Jesus, we ask that your healing touch, touch Crawford's body right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, that, that oxygen would go to every cell, would be in every part of his body and, and permeate him right now in the name of the Lord. Let him wake up to the sound of our voice right now in this place. And Father God, as we intercede for him, God, we're just believing for his healing. And for all those that are recovering in their many different stages of recovery uh, with COVID-19, or maybe they just contracted it, Father, I just pray for every person. God, we just pray your healing touch over them right now. Lord, that symptoms would subside. Lord Jesus, that we would see, we'd see energy given back again. God, that, that people's foggy minds would be made sharp again. Lord Jesus, that the taste and smell would come back in the name of the Lord. And so, God, we just speak to, these, speak to this thing, COVID-19. 
I tell you, you are not greater than the name of Jesus. COVID-19, you have no power in comparison to the power of the name of Jesus. So we just declare Jesus' blood, the blood covenant. It was by your stripes that we are healed. So that blood covenant, Father, we call back to that promise that you gave us, saying that you're going to take care of us, that we're going to be healthy, that, that no virus or disease will overcome us. And so, God, we just believe that right now in the name of Jesus, and we ask that it would come. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we welcome up my, uh, welcome up my beautiful bride? Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh, my goodness. This lady, whoops. Wow. Usually I hold her hand everywhere we go. Not because I'm, like, intimate and sweet, because I don't want her to fall on her face. It is true. Every time we walk down the street, it's just like, Lord Jesus, I, I, don't, I can't afford the medical bills, you know. Come on, come on. Her middle name should be Grace. Maybe that would have worked better. I don't know. Is that what your mom said too? She's a smart lady. I didn't see her name on there. Hey, Tanu. These guys from Estonia. Sorry we couldn't come and see you. Paul Goad. Love you, dude. Love you, man. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep, Paul Goad gave me my motorcycle, my green, my green machine. That guy's awesome. Love, love that family. Big time. Yeah, Ed and Julie, are they on there too? Stacy Carlson. You do see. Who's Troy Cox? Who are these people? you got so many other people watching your feed than my feed. That is not fair. Michelle, love you. Watch my feed, not Chelsea's. Phil Norman, love you. Lynette Lawson. There's so many. Dude, there's only like five people watching on mine. Anyway. All right. Everybody loves Chelsea more. Say, I love Chelsea. Oh, my gosh. Dante told me. He said, he said, uh, Hey, hey, Pastor, did you know that, uh, that when Pastor Chelsea preaches that more people watch around the world than, than, they wa than when you're preaching? I'm like, th thank you so much for telling me that, buddy. Like, it really, really just, you know, boosts my spirits and stuff like that because I have the most amazing bride in the world. Bring the word, girl. Love you. Yay. Hi, friends. Oh, my God. Here, take your phone. Oh my gosh. Good morning. You guys look so good. So awesome. Good morning, everybody on church. We are praying for you. We love you. Um, our hearts are with you. And we are here. If anybody needs anything or if you hear of a need, um, please let us know. We want to be able to serve and be able to help and support everybody. And um, there's only two of us, but there's a bunch of everybody else. So let's band together and support and love on everybody. We ready for the word this morning? Okay. All right. So, um, like he said, you can go to Interactive Church. But if you're on the Bible app, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can go in there and you can, like, cheat and get a sneak peek of the Nook and follow along. All of the scriptures are in there and all of that good stuff. So, you can do that. And um, we're going to be in Ephesians 5 today. Um, stop texting in the middle of church. I'm on that thread. I'm calling him out right now. He's texting. It's like, hey, we, we're praying for you right now. No, you're in church right now. I pray without ceasing. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're going to start in Ephesians 5. But before we go there, I want to tell you this story. So Justin and I, anytime we've been married uh, 12 years now. 
been together 13 years, right? Okay, 12 years. So we'll go places, especially on like date night or whatever, and he'll say something. He always calls me his bride or his bride and joy. That's what he calls me, okay? I know. Oh, you can say it. I know. It's cute. So, but we've been married 12 years, but people will hear that and they'll be like, oh, cute. When did you guys get married? And he's like, oh, 12 years ago or whatever. And it's like, you know, surprising to people because a lot of people don't say that unless they're like newlyweds or something, right? So he calls me his bride. He always has and always will, I'm sure. But um, we have found that it's kind of contagious. Like we notice when we start hanging out with our friends and stuff, they'll start calling each other. Like the husband will start calling it my bride, my bride, or whatever. So it's contagious. So just saying, guys, it's up for grabs. You can definitely do that. But he calls me his bride and joy. So when we were first together or whatever, I, I'm a giggle box. I mean, if you guys, if you know anything about me, like, yeah, my grand used to call me um, dimples and giggles. Um, <laughs> that was like my nickname because I just giggled all the time. So yeah, so I'm his bride and joy. So today's message is called Bride and Joy, but it's not about me. Are you guys ready for that? <laughs> it's not about me. He, he said, you should call it that. And I'm like, I know, but it's not about me. And he's like, but it, it works. So it works. So Bride and Joy, it helps you to remember. So, okay, let me tell you this dream. So this was probably four years ago. God, I could probably count on one, maybe two hands. Um, he gives me these dreams sometimes where, like, I wake up and I know it's, like a word from him, right? And I have to like write it down and be really diligent and I'd be a good steward of it, right? So about four years ago, um, God gave me this dream that honestly has rattled me to the core and changed like who I am. Um, so I'm going to do my best to try and articulate it to you. But you know how dreams are like, you know, only, they only make sense to like the person that had it, <laughs> you know. So I was in this random place and then all of a sudden I was, yeah. So anyway, so I was in this, like, grand theater. It was, um, I guess, kind of like a Carnegie Hall, kind of like this royal grand theater, right? There's, like, red carpet everywhere, and it's just regal. I mean, it's just amazing, beautiful, right? And I'm in there, and I go through these double doors, and there's two big stairways, and I walk up this stairway, and I go back into, like, this little room. And... Um, so I'm, like, kind of following this trail. I'm, like, trying to articulate this well. So I follow this, like, trail and, like, you know, this path. I'm, like, walking, not really sure, right? And all of a sudden, I come around this corner, and there is the most magnificent, glorious, stunning bride I've ever seen. I mean, like, like take your breath away, jaw on the ground, wow, like, flawless, amazing, amazing, amazing. And I'm just like enamored, right? But then I keep walking and I see as long as I can see this like single file line of brides all in wedding dresses. And I'm walking down and I'm like looking at every single one of them. And the further and further I get down the line, the less and less awe-striking they are. <laughs> okay. And so, and there's, like, forever, right? And I'm walking, 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 walking. And then I kind of come around this corner, and there's, like, a door that goes into, like, a locker room. And I open, uh, yeah, you know where I'm going, okay? So all these brides, like, single file, and they're, like, just waiting. 
like waiting their turn, I guess, right? And I walk into this locker room, and it's like utter chaos in here. And it's like what you see like in a typical like movie where like Bridezilla is like freaking out, you know? Oh my gosh, and the thing and this and that and whatever. And there's like all of these brides in there, and they like have their like dress tucked into their underwear, and like <laughs> you guys, and like one is like fighting with like to get her shoe out of the toilet, and another has like toilet paper like stuck to her shoe, like all of the like nightmare things that women know. You know, I mean, you never want like to walk out. If you ever see me with toilet paper on my shoe, please tell me. That's like the worst, you guys. It's the worst, like, somebody should tell them, right? Yeah, and then they don't. They just point and, like, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> right? I know. You guys know. You've all seen it. Anyway, so I'm in this locker room, and I see all of these brides, and their makeup is smeared, and they're, like, just besheveled. I mean, I don't know what other word. I mean, just, like, oh, man, like, need intervention stat, right? So I wake up from this dream, and I'm like, Lord, what? in the world was that, right? And he said, I've called you to prepare my bride. And you can stand in the front of the line and you can stand there and be enamored, but I've called you to be in that locker room, helping those who are in chaos, besheveled, confused, whatever that looks like. Well, that's overwhelming, God. Like, not like a small task, right? But so that has been in my heart. That has, like, been there in everything that I do. I try and think about that, and I, um, it's just been there the last four years, right? And then just recently, um, and I'm not even going to use this scripture today. You guys can, this will be, like, part two on your own. Um, but you can look at Proverbs uh, 31. So if most women, most wives know this. That's, like, the ultimate scripture for wives. Like, if you want to be a good wife, read Proverbs 31. Um, and I'm not, like, downplaying that, but I do think that it's a good scripture for men to read, too, because I think it gives us a good picture of the ultimate bride, not just, not just the best wife, not just, like, oh, this is what you need to do to be a good wife, but it, to be a good bride, right? And us as a church, not just our little microchasm of a church, like, the church, like, one glorious church for the Lord, Right? That, I think, gives us a good guideline. So, I'm just saying, on your own time, Proverbs 31, look it up. You can do your own study. But we're going to dive into Ephesians. Are you guys ready? You sure? Okay, let's go. All right, so Ephesians 5, starting in verse 25. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Verse 29, no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. Verse 31. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and his, and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, 
and the wife must respect her husband. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your word, your living word, God, that we can um, look into the truth that you have um, put here so plainly for us, God, that you um, would use your word to draw us closer to you, Father. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, that we would um, be able to receive what you have for us today, God, that it would not be about me, that I would get out of your way and just um, be a vessel to be able to speak uh, to your people today, God that we would be um, willing vessels to um, unite and link arms to prepare your bride. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so the scripture, right, you guys, I'm sure a lot of you have heard it. Husbands, love your wives, you know, people talk about that all the time, right? But I want to talk about it in the context of the church, okay? Husband and wife, I'm talking about the husband being the bridegroom, Jesus, right? And the wife being the church, that's us and every other church, okay? So husband and wife. So it says that, right? Basically in in verse 32, it says this is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one, okay? So we should be unified with Christ like a husband and wife. You think about a husband and wife, you want them to be unified, right? You want them, like, when you look at a husband and wife and they are on the same page and they're unified, you can tell, right? There's success, there's blessing, there's power, there's authority that comes with a couple that has authority in that way, that has um, agreement and unity and things like that. The same is true when the church is unified with Christ. There's power and authority and all of those other things, right? So I am saying today, what I believe the Lord was wanting to communicate is that he doesn't like what is happening with the, all of the division that's happening, right? Don't you think it grieves his heart? And so I want to encourage us today to have, like, one body, <laughs> one church, right? One bride. Can you imagine if a bride, like, walked down the aisle looking, like, with her stuff, like, tucked in her underwear and her makeup all smeared and toilet paper and, like, Okay, guys, I'm ready. <laughs> Can you imagine? But when you look at the church in its current state, and I'm not talking about just this church specifically. I'm talking about the church, big picture church. When you look at it, does it look pristine? Does it look unified? Right? I know. I see, like, sad faces. Like, oh, punch gut. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's true, though, right? So we've got some work to do, right? Get in the locker room, link arms to get prepared to be able to be one body, one bride that is ready for the bridegroom. Have you guys ever been to a wedding and you see, like, the groom and he's, like, standing and he's, like, so giddy. Oh, my gosh. Like, waiting for his bride, right? Like, that anticipation Like, they have to just focus on bending their knees so they don't, like, just fall over. Because they're just so excited and, like, their blood pressure is up and, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited, right? I think that's what Jesus wants, right? When he comes back for his bride, that's what he wants. He wants to be excited. He wants to be um, overwhelmed with gladness, right? But then if you look at the other side of things, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but when you look at the other side of things, we are his bride, we are his church. 
don't you think as a bride we should have the same expectation and the same expectancy and anticipation and giddiness when we talk about our bridegroom? When we talk about Jesus, shouldn't we feel giddy and get excited? Sometimes we're out like, you know, at lunch, whatever. Oh, yeah, church was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, God's good. And we say it like that. I've done it, you guys. Yep, God's good. What? Oh, my gosh. When I was with this guy, like, we were talking about marriage and all that. Like, we got engaged super quick. And it was like our term is Twitter-pated. Okay? We got, like, Twitter-pated. Like, oh, my gosh, he can't do anything wrong. And he's so cute. And, right? Have you guys seen couples like that? Yeah. Man, I was in a world of revelation, wasn't I? <laughs> Love is blind. Marriage is an eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you. <laughs> but as the bride of Christ, I want to encourage every single one of you. There's a verse that says, the joy of your salvation. Right? And for those of you that have salvation and know what that is, I know for me there was a season where I was crying out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I want that joy back. Like, I've just gotten so, like, complacent with it. Like, yep, I'm saved. Yep, I know the Lord. Yeah, he's really super cool. Yeah, you should meet him. Totally. Like, he's just like, like the guy making sandwiches, like, or something, you know? Like, totally, I don't know this guy. Like, yeah, he's cool. Like, yeah, he gives me a sandwich when I need Like, no, this is, this is Jesus. Like, Jesus, the creator and author and finisher of our faith. Like, oh, my gosh, you guys. So let's keep this in mind when we talk about building the church. Maybe marriage wasn't modeled well in your home or in your life, but it's modeled right here. It's written in our scriptures. It's written right there in Ephesians what it's supposed to look like. In verse 29, it says, no one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. Now, there's churches that maybe do things differently than us. There's maybe people in this church that do things differently than you do, right? But God says that we should be unified with Christ, and his ways are higher than our ways, right? So if we can keep our focus on him, then we just stay in our lane. We do our, like, there's a a whole other message talking about the body of Christ, right? And then we all have different parts and different functions, and that's a whole other message you guys have heard, right? But when we stay in our lane and we do our part, we function in our role, if I'm a hand and you're a foot or whatever or vice versa, I'll be the foot. Feet are stinky. You can be the hand. Okay. But, like, a lot of times we get, like, envy of, like, well, how come they're doing this and I'm doing this and they're doing it this way and I'm doing it that way? You're built for different things, but you're part of one body. And if we keep our focus and our alignment on Jesus, we will stay unified. You guys with me? All right. John 17, verse 22 says, I have given them the glory you gave me so that you may be one as we are one. Verse 23, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So let's go back. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. So when I read that, you know what I hear? Our lack of unity 
is dismantling the very thing that Jesus came to do. You guys, it says that may we, they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. This is Jesus talking. That you love them as much as you love me. That our love should be so clear and so unified that the world will know why Jesus came, right? But right now, what's the whole purpose of the enemy, right? To divide and conquer. That's his whole plan, right? So all of these different churches and philosophies and even personalities, even in this church, right? We get so divided over small things, especially this last year and a half. There's been so much division about things that I don't find in my Bible, masks or no masks or whatever, like that, no. <laughs> Justin and I made a decision a long time ago at the very, very beginning of the pandemic that we cared more about people's souls and salvations than their political opinions. Okay? And it doesn't mean we don't have political opinions. We do, but we're not going to use this platform to talk about them because we care more about your soul and your salvation. doesn't mean be ignorant and don't know your rights and all. I'm not saying any of that, but the purpose here is to bring glory to Jesus and bring honor to him. And maybe I'm ignorant, but but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the unity of the body of Christ and why it's so, so, so important. Jesus stretched out his arms and took the sin of the world upon him so we could be divided? No way. He did not. He did that so that all would be saved that not one would not have salvation. So say this with me. Say, my aim is a bride that's unified. That's point number one. My aim is a bride that's unified. Make that your aim. Make it your aim in everything that you do, everything that you post on social media, everything, every conversation that you have, Make it your aim, a bride that's unified. Why? Because it brings glory to God. It reinforces what he did on this earth for you and for me. Run, run, run away from division. <laughs> Don't fall into it. There is a um, man that we know who taught us, win the man, not the argument. <laughs> Maybe you've heard us say that before, but when you are in disagreement over anything, okay, it could be, is the shoe or is the dress blue and gold or white and gold or is it whatever, right, whatever that thing was, right? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what the division is about, the man or woman, is more important than the issue. The relationship is always more important than the issue. We say that in premarital counseling every single time. The relationship is more important than the issue. When you take communion, God asks us to get our hearts clean, to go talk to our brother and resolve whatever quarrel there might have been before we even take communion, before we... Like, remember the covenant that he, he made with us, right? 
So just remember, the relationship is more important than the issue. And maybe that means we need to make a phone call today to somebody. Maybe you're thinking of somebody right now where you're like, oh, but they're making me so mad and they're so stubborn and they're blah, 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 whatever. That's the technical term, blah, blah, blah. But maybe you need to make a phone call. And what's the worst they can do? Cuss you out or something? I don't know. Say more mean things? I don't know. I know Justin and I have been through some (laughs) hard seasons, right? And there's been some hard conversations and brave conversations, brave conversations that we had to have. And sometimes they don't let you have those conversations, the other party. And that's okay. You take it to the Lord and you get right. But make sure there's no division in your own heart because it will fester and the enemy will play there. Okay. I'm preaching myself too, by the way. There's probably some phone calls I need to make. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our phone's going to be going off the hook. People are going to be calling us be like, hey, bro, you offended me, and we need to get this right. So, yeah, I'm sure. We will offend you. If we haven't offended you, we will. So just so you know, it will happen. Right, Sarah? It's going to happen. <laughs> she was just looking at me, so, yeah. Right? <laughs> Sarah's unoffendable, so, right? Be unoffendable. That's a good word. Be unoffendable. Don't let any, nobody has the power to, to bring division in your heart. Only you have that ability. Okay, so don't let anybody have that power over you. Take it to the Lord. He's got it. He can handle it. All right, so I want to go to Isaiah 62. And, okay, so Isaiah 62, this is, um, obviously Isaiah wrote this, and it's a prophetic word over the church. So Zion or Jerusalem is often used as a way to talk about the church. You guys with me? Okay. (laughs) All right, so in um, chapter 62, Verse 5, it says, your children will commit themselves to you, O Jerusalem, just as a young man commits himself to his bride. Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Remember when I was talking about like, ooh, here comes the bride, here comes the bride. Okay. But maybe as Christians, as church folk, Jesus followers, maybe we should be singing, here comes the groom, here comes the groom, right, with like anticipation. There's a sense of urgency that I want to express to you today. Jesus is coming back. The bridegroom is coming back for his church. And I don't know about you, but I am not ready. Like, I want him to come. I, I'm, I'm super excited. But I'm not ready. Like, I still have makeup smeared and the dress. and the, Like, I'm not ready, y'all. Like, I am, ooh, I got some stuff to put in order. I don't know about you. I'm probably the only one, right? Justin, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you. I'm just kidding. Um, but how should the bridegroom respond? How should he respond to his church? There's, like, the ideal and then the what if, right? And I don't, this isn't, like, a doom and gloom, like, oh, man, if Jesus came back, you'd totally be so sad. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but does the bridegroom rejoice over his bride right now? He got a sneak peek. 
which he does, just so you know. Spoiler alert. He can see you. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> giggles, exactly. But does the bridegroom reju- rejoice over his bride? I think so. I think there's moments in every single one of our lives, every single day, that he rejoices. You know when he rejoices is when someone comes to repentance. He rejoices when there's forgiveness. He rejoices when one of those brave conversations happen. Even if it doesn't go great, it happened, right? (laughs) He rejoices. He rejoices when those who need comfort are comforted. He rejoices every single day over you. You know, one of the things I like to do with um, my boys is, and I do it too, but I'll have them lay in bed and I'll ask them to talk to the Holy Spirit and say, what was your favorite part of our day? Because you could just spend the day with the Holy Spirit. You could just spend the day with our God, right? So ask him, what was the favorite part of your day? Oh, my gosh. And sometimes it's the little things. Like, I loved when you picked up that piece of trash that, like, ten other people walked by. Or I loved when you put the cart all the way back in the thing and didn't just, like, leave it for some car to bump into. That's his number one pet peeve, I'm just saying. Put your carts away, people. (laughs) For your pastor's sanity, put your carts away. (laughs) It's okay. You will make it. Oh, my gosh. You guys are never going to see a shopping cart the same, I promise. You'll be like, oh, man, pastor is going to be, yeah, having a hard day. <laughs> He's twitching. Honestly, he will, like, get out of the car and, like, go get, like, five shopping carts and then put them in the thing just because he's like, come on, people, spirit of excellence, where are you? <laughs> We're watching in the pregnant lot. Oh, I think they go to our church now. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If you put your cart back, then you have an invite to church, right? Oh, my gosh. No, that's awful. Um, but, yeah, I just encourage you, like, lay in your bed or talk to him while you're driving and ask him, like, what was the best part of our day? He'll talk to you. He'll tell you. And it's not going to be what you expect, I promise you. <laughs> what you think was the greatest part of your day, like, oh, yeah, I totally did that thing. Might not be what he's most excited about. Maybe it was when you didn't say something. Husbands, keep, just keep your, keep your eyes. Don't look at your wives. Don't do it. Don't look at your wives. I'm serious. But how should we respond to the bridegroom? Our Lord, our Savior. Do we rejoice? Every day? Would our neighbors know that? What about our coworkers? What about the people in traffic? Do they think we're rejoicing over the world? Jesus is number one. No, that's not what's happening. (laughs) Not always, just saying. People tell me I'm number one sometimes. Yep. (laughs) I'm a good driver, huh, babe? (laughs) But what if we rejoiced? What if we rejoice over the Lord in everything that we did? Everything that we did. You know, your Bible says do everything unto the Lord if you're doing it as if you're doing it for him. 
we are. It's like, just like what Pastor was saying, everything that we have is because of him. It's from him. It's for him. It's because of him. It's for his purpose. So I encourage you, even in like the mundane things, find those moments to rejoice. Right? Like when I'm picking up the same toys for the thousandth time, like the same toys, like in the same day, again, right? You guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Those that have young kids, you guys, yeah, you totally know. But you know what? I'm rejoicing. I have to remind I have to remind myself. I have to remind myself. Hi, Jim. <laughs> right? I have to remind myself though that it's a privilege. I am blessed to be able to have kids and that have kids that have toys in a house that needs to get cleaned. Right? Sometimes our perspective is like Ah oh, man, uh, bleh. life, right? Oh, getting through, just I'm making it, I'm surviving, <laughs> right? How many times do you hear people say that? Well, that's Monday. Like, there's a whole day that's disqualified from rejoicing. <laughs> no, <laughs> you guys it says today is the day the Lord has made, and what? I shall rejoice and be glad in it, right? But we seem to only remember that on Sunday morning when we see all the other church people. Hey, guys. God's so good. I'm rejoicing. Oh, yeah. Right? But it should be on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday, 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 like over and over and over and over and over every single day. And the little things. Right? And I was pregnant and I was so sick. Every single day, I had to remember, oh, man, God's blessed me to be pregnant. Because we had times where we had miscarriages, and that sucked. And so then when I was puking my toenails up <laughs> every day, all pregnancy long, I had to remember, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Sometimes you have to really muster out that praise and that rejoicing, right? But when you think about your bridegroom, you think about you think about that groom anticipating the arrival of his bride, right? There, you should have that every single day when you wake up. Oh my gosh! Like you think about honeymooners, right? You can like spot them from like a mile away. They're just like so like, <laughs> right? <laughs> just. They can't keep their hands off each other. We used to kiss every stoplight. Every time the, the, the car stopped, we would, like, kiss. We don't do that anymore. We have kids. So, I don't know. Somewhere along the way. I don't know. We should, we should start that back up. That was fun. But when you, it's not safe. It was then. I don't know. But when we can have that eagerness and anticipation of what God is going to do, Right? There's this excitement that comes. There's a sense of urgency that we all need to have in our lives to be able to serve the Lord. Not just get through life. That's not why he put breath in our lungs. He put breath in our lungs so that we could be excited and do good things for his name's sake, right? So Isaiah 61, which is just the chapter 
before that. This is what it looks like in my Bible. I'm just going to show you. When I opened up my Bible to, like, get to that for this message, I was like, oh, man, God spoke to me that day. It says, we are called at the bottom. Isaiah 61. Okay, in verse 10, though, it says, I am overwhelmed. Somebody say overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. Right? We should live our lives like that. There was like a whole show, I'm pretty sure, that said um, yes to the dress or something like that. Is that a show? We don't really watch TV. But, you know, you hear about it. Right? People get more excited about that show than they probably do the, the Lord sometimes. But say yes to the dress. Right? What am I talking about? It says that he's clothed, clothed us. He's dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. You guys. The joy of your salvation. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a minute. But the joy of our salvation, if you know who I'm talking about, if you know the goodness of our God, if you know the Lord, those songs that we sing, you are good, you are good, right? Like, do we just sing like you're good because that's what the karaoke machine tells you to sing? Or are we really singing that to the Lord? Like, you are good. You are good. You're never going to let me down. My expectation might set me up with a different thought, but God knows, and he's never going to let me down. He always knows. And so the second point is I find joy in my robe of righteousness. Joy. Some of you need to, like, set up a day, play lost and found, and you go find your joy. (laughs) Maybe it's at the beach. Maybe it's in the back of your closet and all the clutter. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's in this word here. I don't know where it is. But you all have been dressed with the clothing of salvation and draped with a robe of righteousness. And so I, my prayer for you is that you are overwhelmed with joy overwhelmed with joy. What does that look like practically? When you go home today, like write that out, like have a family meeting with yourself or your spouse or whoever it is. Like what does that tangibly look like to be overwhelmed with joy? What does that look like? And how does it line up with right now? What needs to change for it to line up, right? Even in the midst of Chaos, uncertainty, all of that, right? Okay, so let me, (laughs) Justin, I was kind of sharing my message with him a little bit, and he was saying, yeah, it's kind of like when, like, I make this really nice dinner, and it's so fancy, and I've worked really hard on it, and, like, the kitchen, don't go in the kitchen, because it's like, I've been working so hard, you know? (laughs) But the table looks nice, and there's a candle and, like, silverware, napkin, like, linen napkins, like, you know, bougie, right? (laughs) Super nice. I've been waiting for my husband, my groom, to come home all day, right, so I can serve this amazing dinner, right? But Jesus 
His word says that he's prepared. He's prepared for us, right? He's prepared a way for us, right? So think about him setting that table, right? And then we come in, and he has this amazing buffet and amazing, like, everything that we could possibly want or love or imagine there. And we come in with a greasy, like, Carl's Jr. bag, and we, like, plop down on the couch and just, like, eat the burger. Don't even acknowledge what he's prepared for us. Right? And so I am so excited to be able to tell you guys that he has prepared a table for you in front of your enemies, by the way. Okay? And so I want every single one of us to have this overwhelming joy where we, like, run into the arms of our Father knowing that he has prepared something for every single one of us to do something. Not to just, like, suffice for fast food drive through like, convenience. He doesn't want you to have convenience. He wants you to have the best. He does. He wants you to have the best. So turn to your neighbor and say, I find joy. Do you? I, I find joy, you guys. I find joy. It's good. Justin found it. I find joy. It's good. You guys are so like, yep, I got it. I got my joy. What? No, you're overwhelmed with joy. You know what that looks like? I'm going to take my, these heels off. Right? Yeah, that's joy right there. Joy. It's like, oh, my gosh. Party, dancing. You guys, your joy. Come on. Overwhelming joy. Overwhelming joy. It means, like, overflowing. Like, you can't contain it. So overwhelming. Like it takes possession of you. It helps determine what you do in your day. You're overwhelmed by joy. I know these last couple of weeks, I've been overwhelmed with grief over the loss of our friend. Overwhelmed. When you hear somebody say, oh, I'm just overwhelmed, it's usually not a good thing, right? But let's be overwhelmed with joy. Like, I need, that's a word for me. I need that. I don't know about you guys, but I need to be overwhelmed with joy. All right, you guys ready for the recipe? Okay, I have a recipe for unity, peace, joy. What are you smiling at? Liar. You're hungry for lunch or something? I know. Ready? Okay, this is out of Colossians. So the word of God, folks. Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. He's talking about you and me. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Don't be offendable. Forgive anyone who offends you. Sometimes you have to do that every single day. Sometimes multiple times a day. Verse 14 says, above all, top priority, above all, clothe yourselves with love. 
which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, how many? One body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. That right there, that's kingdom's closet. That is the kingdom's closet. To be dressed in the clothing of salvation, draped with the robe of righteousness. And then it says we've got to clothe ourselves. So he's clothed us with salvation and draped a robe of righteousness on us. But then in Colossians it says that we must clothe ourselves. we got to do that job. With tender heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Right? Sometimes I feel like we show up to do ministry. We show up to do life. You know, wherever you are, whatever your um, occupation is, whatever your life calls for, whether that's being a, a mom, a teacher, counselor, first responder, whatever that is, that is your ministry. When you're there, that's your ministry. When you're in the car by yourself, you're still on ministry mode. You know, we're all full-time missionaries. We should be, anyway. Sometimes we're just, like, mission-minded on Sunday mornings. But we're all full-time missionaries, right? And so seek the Lord and what he wants you to do, but clothe yourselves with all of those things so that we can be effective missionaries. Wherever it is that God has you, effective. Point three says, I will do my part to prepare the bride. I hope that you have that image in your mind of what those brides looked like in that locker room. Because I think it was an illustration that God gave me of the current state of his church. Maybe not all parts of it. Right? And it shouldn't feel depressing. It should feel exciting. Because God plucked every single one of you out of eternity for right now. He plucked you out of eternity and put you in this time, this era, knowing what would be going on in the world. Of all the places in the world you could live, you live here. You go to this church. God's got a purpose in it. It should be exciting. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. He has a purpose. I was just talking to my eight-year-old. I forget his, not my eight-year-old's name. I forget. <laughs> I was talking to my eight-year-old, whose name is Noah. I was talking to him about um, a story in the Bible, and now I can't remember his name. <sighs> it's like the kids' ministry answered everything. Jesus. Um. Anyways, but it was a, a nine-year-old in the Bible, basically, that became king. You have to help me out. Anyways, he became king at nine years old. And I'm talking to my son, who's eight, saying, God has purpose for you. The world might not recognize it, but Jesus does. And so it doesn't matter 
what your age is, what you've done in life, what sin you think has disqualified you. Jesus died on the cross for that so that he could use you, your story. Nobody has a story like you. People need to hear it. You're going to be able to touch and minister to people that I would not know how or what to do without the Lord. Right? Like, Robert, I love you so much, man. I'm calling you out. I know. I'm sorry. I love you. But that, like, a story like that, I, I don't have that story. Right? And he's 17 and has a voice for the Lord and how good God is. And I could tell you, I mean, you can ask my mom next time you see her, but I made her worry. She wasn't a praying woman until I started dating. I promise you that. But God knew, right? God knew. But I have a story, right? And it makes my redemption, my salvation that much sweeter. Because I know that it's with purpose. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to do my part. I don't believe you. Say it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you, Michelle Anderson. And family. Yes, they're all watching, I'm sure. So good. So, so good. Well, friends, let's pray. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus in the way that I was talking. But it's available to you. He wants a relationship with you. That bridegroom, he's, he is the groom anticipating your arrival. Maybe you're thinking, I'm one of those besheveled <laughs> brides, and I'm, I don't know. I don't know. But I promise you that Jesus is such a good God. He's patient. He's kind. He's a gentleman. When I first met Jesus, I was a mess on my own. I didn't want to. And over the years, he's taken me through, and he's still taking me through <laughs> the process. I have a long way to go. And so if this is your first exposure to that invitation, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. So if everyone would bow their heads and close, your, close their eyes so nobody's distracted, and this is just between you and the Lord. But if that's a decision that you want to make, that you want to say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to be unified with Jesus. Would you just raise your hand right now? There's no shame. When I raised my hand and made that decision one day, I stood up and I ran out of the back of the church because I was embarrassed. <laughs> but I didn't need to be because God was so good. So if that's you, you can raise your hand. We have a lot of family here. If that's you online, if you're watching, you feel that tug on your heart, 
you can raise your hand right where you are. If you're watching in the car or in your living room or whatever, you can raise your hand. God sees it. That's what matters. So let's just pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are so good that you receive us exactly wherever we are, broken, devastated, worried, confused. Whatever state of our heart is in, you receive us and you accept us. And so thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you you came to take our sin, to die a criminal's death so that I could be one with Christ, that I could be one with the Father. Thank you for raising from the dead after three days to show us exactly who you were and who you are. You are the resurrection. You are life. You are the truth. You are the truest thing that I know. (laughs) And so, God, we commit ourselves to you. Every person that's in this room today, God, just pray, Lord, that our hearts would be um, just injected with a sense of urgency that the time is now. That this isn't something to be lazadaisical about. That there are people in this world, people in this city, people in our workplaces, people everywhere that need to hear how good you are. And they need to know that their sins can be washed away by you, by your blood that was poured out for us. We will do our part to prepare the bride with excitement and anticipation for your arrival. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (laughs) Babe, you want to come up here? If you need prayer for anything, Miss Laura is there to pray. She's amazing. I love you. Do you have anything? You're good. Good job. Amazing job. Amazing job. I'm so blessed to be married to you. Come on. Um, Some of you know, and if you're new here, um, welcome to my normal. Um, But uh, God sometimes will let me feel pain so that people can be healed and touched. And uh, this week, I had this, these... uh, I don't even know if you can call it headaches, but uh, just really sharp, sharp pain right here on the left side. And it, it felt like, it feels like a knife. Like I've never, I've had headaches, right? You've had head, I've had headaches where it hurts and it just feels really, it hurts really bad. But this was not like that. This was like, like, like somebody had stuck something in here and, and just kind of twisted it around and it hurt so bad. And it was only just for a few seconds, a couple times this week. So I knew it wasn't something wrong with me what somebody was dealing with. And if you're here physically dealing with that, I want to pray for you so you don't have to have those headaches anymore. 
Um, but if you're online, then that's great too. Is that anybody here physically? That's you, Sarah. Oh my goodness, come here, Sarah. Come here, Sarah. Man, that hurt really bad. I can't even imagine, girl. Wow. Cindy? So I was just, I'm going to share. Is that okay? So I saw Cindy on um, Thursday, and if you guys weren't here last week, Justin invited her up to pray for her hip um, that had been giving her all sorts of problems. She had brought in, like, a little thing to sit on and things, and um, no pain since. Oh, my gosh. Amen. Amen. So she said that it hurt one time Sunday night, and then that was the last time it hurt. Praise God. God's so fun. She came in here with that pad like, this is what I have to do everywhere I go. Come on, Jesus. I love that. Sarah and AJ are very, very special people to us. Um, we love them very, very much. Um, this, this last couple of weeks, they have just been rocks for the church and for Chelsea and I. Um, we, it's been probably the most challenging couple of weeks, and yet they are just at, in everything and around everything. AJ will be leaving at 5 in the morning with me to go down to Mexico to do that stuff. And um, Sarah is back in school and working again and yet still is serving and loving people and doing anything and everything to serve. And so I know that as you have poured yourself out for God's church, that he's going to pour his blessing over you this morning. And so, Father God, we just thank you right now for Sarah. God, we thank you that soundness of mind is coming. Oh, let the pain subside. God, let, the, let those headaches and that, that sharp, sharp pain, let that just go away right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that she doesn't ever feel like she has a dagger in her head again. And, Lord, I just pray, God, for in the spirit, I feel like, I feel like uh, the enemy's, his favorite place to attack you is in your mind. Um, he wants to mess with your mind because if he can get your mind off track, he can get your whole body off track. And, and so I just want to pray that, that there's a soundness of mind that comes in this next season. That no matter what the circumstances, no matter how loud and obnoxious the things are going on around you, that you'll have such soundness of mind. Just like Pastor Chelsea preached today, that there just be a, an, antisa, an overwhelming joy. I just speak overwhelming joy over you, Sarah. God, that would bless you with overwhelming joy. Oh, the circumstances can be going crazy around you, but you're dancing out in the water, dancing in the middle of, of the storm, in the middle of the stuff, pulling people out that are in need of help, just pulling them out of the, out of the water, saying, hey, look, you can dance on this. God, I just thank you right now that you're using the twists as such amazing leaders to love so many people, show them how to work hard and how to love well. And Lord God, I just thank you that you're using them. I know that their, li their lives are changed and that so many people's lives around them are changed. But I just pray perfect peace over their marriage, over their home, over their children. I just declare that that is property of Jesus Christ and the enemy has no, no position, no way to get in, no way to touch any of them. And so God, we just thank you that you're putting your angels around their home, around their cars, around their lives and everything that they do. God, we just thank you and give it to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you. Love you. Come on. Oh, you did go over time, but I do it every week, so it's all good. It's all good. You know what? This is, this is the Holy Spirit's church. Did you know that? This is God's church. It's not my church. It's not Chelsea's church. It's not the worship team's church. They're awesome, but it, it's, it's God's church, and he gets to decide what happens.
He loves his church. His church is you. It's you. Gosh, when Chelsea was talking about that groom, for my wedding, I know some of you, we all have different experiences in our wedding, but for my wedding, uh, we, we got married in like a 1800s, you know, mansion. And it was this little, we'd call it like a medium-sized house now, uh, but it was considered a mansion back in the day. And I, it was underneath the stairs. You know, there was this like alcove underneath the stairs and me and the pastor were standing there and Chelsea came from up above and around the stairs. So I got to see everyone's faces seeing her before I got to see her. And so the anticipation just got more and more as I watched their faces full of joy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can't, where is she? Where is she? And that anticipation that the Lord has for each of us and, and the excitement that he has for each of us. And you are the church. That's what this whole series has been about. It's about you. You know, it doesn't surprise me that, that the biggest attack with COVID would come during this series because he wants to attack you. Because he wants to, God wants to build you and the enemy wants to attack that thing that he's building. Because if you think, that, if you knew who you were in his kingdom, oh, it would mess everything that the enemy had planned. Mess it all up. Oh, if you knew that you were the key to your family's salvation, you, you mean me with all my issues? My, I'm the black sheep in my family. How could I be the key? You are. You are. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Ah, perfect peace, huh? be still peace be still to the storm that's inside of your heart peace be still the enemy has no power that's why he roars so loud it's like a, it's like a lion without teeth just foolish looking yeah he can yell loud but he can't do anything else devil, you can't have Crawford. You can't take him. And you can't have Livingstone's church. Matter of fact, all of this junk that you want to bring right after VBS, right after some of the greatest breakthrough that we've seen as a church, you want to attack now? You're going to wish you hadn't. You're going to wish you hadn't because we're going to have the biggest church full of antibodies that this city's ever known. 
and we'll be able to serve and love people because we'll have no fear of any kind of virus because we've already had it and we're working through it. Amen? You've only fueled the fire. Father God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for the vision that you've given Living Stones Church. God, for the thousands upon thousands of people who will come to know you, who will be broken out of addiction. Father, for the marriages who will be set free. Father God, we just thank you right now for the future and what you are bringing to this place. Lord, I thank you that you've already given so much provision and that we know the vision will come to pass. It's the epicenter of what God wants to do in this area. Not for ego not for people's faces to be plastered on the side of a building somewhere, but so that the name of Jesus can be put in lights where it belongs, so that people know where the real power comes from. Come on. Father God, we just give you the glory today. A bunch of misfit people, (laughs) just like me, questioning who they are, questioning if they have what it takes, questioning if they'll ever be able to accomplish anything. But yet, God, you use your children, you use your broken clay pots to hold your greatest possession, your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being at Dorothy McElhaney Middle School. Touching lives, miraculous healings, have a a walking miracle come in at 17 years old, cancer-free. Come on, Jesus. Only you can do that. Only you can do that. Hips being restored in the name of Jesus. Headaches are gone in the name of Jesus. COVID symptoms are subsiding in the name of Jesus. Let your healing power touch your people today, God. Because you're so Amen. Awesome. Woo. So good. I know. I could do this all day. The school doesn't agree. But I could do it all day. I could spend this time with the Lord all day. Blood donors. Get some blood donors. Awesome. Look at that. So good. I'm doing mine at like 2.30 so that I can move all of this stuff out without passing out. Is that fair? Yeah. I figured if we can pack it all up and put it all away again without dying, it'd be good. Man. Yeah, so good. All right, well, we love you. Invite somebody to church next week. You know what? Tell some people around them, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Oh, there's nothing to be afraid of. We don't need to be afraid. Did you know that? You don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. You that's watching online, listen, I care for you. Jesus loves you. And you know what? I'll give you a hug right here. I had a, I had a brother that's here now. He's, he's all healed up. He came last week and to drop off there two weeks ago. No, last week. He came last week to drop off some, some uh, uh, school goodies. And, and uh, I saw him from like half a mile away down here in the thing. At least it felt like it. I'm like, Eugene, Eugene. He's like, he's like I ran so fast. I didn't want you to hug me. I know you would. I, I didn't want you to get sick. Chelsea and I already had COVID. I've been able to love on so many people with COVID this last couple of weeks because we already have antibodies from January. Hey, does that give anybody some hope? Come on. Eight months later, we're still healthy. Are you with me? Come on. So we're going to have the healthiest church in all of this valley because the enemy thought he won, but he didn't. Oh, we're going to go kick butt and take names and love on some people. Amen. 
Awesome. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. If anybody is crazy enough to get up early, come at 7 o'clock next week and help me set this place up. Help me and AJ and all and our families get this thing going because it's, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I love it. It's so much fun. So anyways, we love you. Have a great week. We'll see you later.